The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 187, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL, that's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Tenure Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Mike, everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. I, once again, oh, I should actually tweet it right now. I get to use my picture of Jason Peters folding his arms in front of his pickup truck that the Eagles had in their hype video for last season, (laughs) which is one of my favorite photos of all time because he literally looks like he's eight feet tall and 500 pounds. Yeah, if you don't know why we're here, of course, the news about Jason Peters and the Eagles just dropped. They are bringing the bodyguard back. Uh, a one-year deal worth up to $6 million with $3 million in guarantees to go back to the Eagles. And the key point here is that everybody that's reporting this is saying that it is a move to guard. So JP is kicking mm-hmm. in in a Rappaport tweeting, quote, the perennial pro bowler and future Hall of Famer wanted to keep playing and was willing to change positions to do it. Both sides kept the door open. This makes a lot of sense for all parties, end quote. Now... The, the other part of this, the other side of this is, of course, is this might feel like a bit of a letdown after Brian Baldinger had tweeted out that there was big news, a big move coming for the Eagles. And I don't know if Eagles fans would necessarily consider this as such. And look, I never bought into the Baldy hype. I don't know about you. And all you really needed needed to do was pay attention to the context clues. Number one, Baldy was at OL Masterminds, the yearly offensive line summit put together by Duke Mannyweather who trains Lane Johnson. Lane, of course, is there, along with a bunch of others from around the league. Uh, This place, and trust me on this, is a gossip fest. And the number one (laughs) topic of discussion there is offensive line. So that's your first clue. Number two, if it's just offensive line we're dealing with, you also know that the Eagles want to roll over as much cap as they can, which makes Lori Warfer, you know, take him off the board. Number three, we had heard months ago that JP wanted something like $10 million on a one-year deal. There has been enough time for him since then to explore the market and realize 
He's not getting that at this point, especially with the future cap ramifications with COVID and teams wanting to also roll over cap money. So number four, Baldy loves JP. So of course he's going to gas this up, but maybe a disappointment for some fans. But at the end of the day, and I said this on Twitter, if you remove the hype of Baldy like gassing this up and just look at it for what it is, it is a sensible deal. It's a known quantity. It adds depth where they really needed it. So really, this is just like for me, ho hum, go about your day type of news. How did you? How did you take it then? So I, no, to me, that's not um, like in the sense of like I think that like this matters a lot because the Eagles, as of before the Peters signing, had in 2020 about 20 million dollars left in cap which put them at i believe seventh in the nfl in terms of total cap space remaining they were actually at 22.5 one year deal for peters worth three million up to six million means that they're going anywhere from 19.5 to 16.5 they're losing that much money losing it in 2020 doesn't really matter but all of the money that they lose in 2020 is money that they technically lose in 2021 because they're going to roll over their extra cap space into the 2021 season so 2021 a year in which nobody really knows what's going to happen with the salary cap ceiling which is currently assumed to be 215 million and will almost definitely not be 215 million the eagles are five or 50 million over that number and if that number drops 30 million 40 million 50 million 60 million 70 million 80 million all numbers that have been thrown out at different times as we prepare for covid drastically affecting league revenue and thereby cap space the eagles could be 100 million dollars over the cap in 2021 so every cent here is precious and so the fact that the eagles are willing to give up anywhere from three to six million dollars in cap space in 2021. That's effectually what this is doing. Yeah. Matters. Okay. So we, I see your point on that. Right. Yeah. So we start there. Why then are they spending this money? Well, we understand one that Jeffrey Lurie loves Jason Peters. Jason Peters loves Jeffrey Lurie. Jason Peters loves Philadelphia. Philadelphia loves Jason Peters. There is no doubt that this is a great relationship. And Peters, as, as multiple people have reported, I saw John Clark of NBC reported gave up deals to play left tackle elsewhere and is now taking this deal to play right guard in Philadelphia. He is stoked to be back in Philly. So, as with all things, logic, sound decision-making only takes you so far, and eventually you want to bring back Jason Peters because you love Jason Peters. He's been a good player for you for forever. So we start there. Two, vote of no confidence in Matt Pryor. Hard to read it any other way if they thought they could get starting caliber play out of matt Pryor, they would not be trying to bring in a guy to start at right guard right they project that jason peters who athletically is not what he once was so wasn't the same at tackle remains a strong enough smart enough technically sound enough player to transition to guard a position he has never played in an offseason which he will not have time to practice Th- yeah, right. That was that's a good point. An offseason where he won't be able to practice. Maybe it's a vote of no confidence on Pryor, but Pryor wasn't really possibly going to have a chance to show that he could be a starter because we don't know what's going on with training camp that's supposed that's supposed to start in two weeks. We could have two preseason games. We could have none. So this is more insurance to me than a vote of no confidence. But I do agree. From what they know of Pryor right now, this is saying he's well, not yeah. a starter. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, like, if this were 
random free agent guard from other football teams. Right. And then you could be like, maybe Pryor getting the starting job. Pryor's not getting the starting job over Peter. It's not right. happening. Yeah. Didn't pay Peter's three to six with his history in Philadelphia for him to come in and be the sixth man, the first man off the bench, right? He is starting a right guard, period. Okay. That's fine. I like Pryor's film. I think Pryor can function for you as a guard. As I wrote for for Bleeding Green, there's problems with your run offense and what you can pull off with Pryor. And so limiting that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I think that you feel like you can probably do more with Peters. Peters playing between Kelsey and Lane. Tremendous situation for him in terms of helping him get up to speed. Those are two guys who we trust. Who knows how to communicate with him. He knows all the checks. Yeah. Cool. Item three. And this is the big one for me. You gave yourself a trap door on Dillard. Yeah. And I'm not sure that was a good idea because let me like draw the picture for you here. We're in week five. Ben is actually drawing this for me. Yep. We're in, we're in week five, week six. Eagles are three and two, four and two. Dillard's not been good. Dillard's given up pressures. Dillard gave up a, a, a third down sack that ended up making the Eagles lose the Green Bay Packers game. Yeah. Right, it was a it was a red zone sack that forced them into a fourth and long when they needed six to to take the lead and they they didn't get it. Yeah. Peter's been great at right guard, but in week five, you know, tweaked the Achilles, tweaked the knee because Peters, as people have appropriately pointed out, Peters has only missed like three games in the last two seasons. But Peters missed a lot more snaps than three games in the last two seasons right. because he's had to leave for drives, he's had to leave for halves. He's been supremely banged up. Now he's a warrior and he's going to go out on his yeah. shield, but there's no doubting that he has been that that's misleading in terms of games missed because thigh, bicep, like he's he's torn and and banged up a, a ton of stuff in that time period. Right, yeah, we got to remember, like, oh, he's only missed three games the last two seasons. Yeah, he played, like, a bunch of games, like, with an injury, and he just, like, played through it, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? So he's, he's been beat up. So Peters goes down week five for the second half. Pryor comes in and looks good. <laughs> Dillard still looks bad. It's week six, week seven, on a winning football team. You're going to start getting questions about if you thought about moving Jason Peters to left tackle for Andre Dillard. Mm. And that question is going to go into pressers. It's going to leak into the locker room. Other offensive linemen are going to have to address it. You're going to get the whole, you know, oh, no, we have a ton of faith in Andre. We know that he can play better than this. We know it's a learning process. He didn't have the preseason that he needed to have. But you just brought in the dude who previously had the job. It's not even like you brought in guy who is guard but could play tackle. You brought in Jason Peters. He This was his job last year. And he did pretty good. So, uh. I don't know how many bad games of Dillard, Philadelphia fans, and media will take before they start asking the question. But in my head, it's like two, maybe three. <laughs> right. And like you said, a high leverage play like you mentioned, it doesn't matter what yeah. happened before that. Right. Montez Sweat in week one got, you know, <laughs> gets Carson Wentz killed. It's going to be immediate. It's not going to take long at all. Right. Now, the, ish, the, the concern here, then, is that Dillard needs time to grow and will not get it because Peters, who previously was not present, who previously the solution to bad Dillard play was not on the roster. Peters will step in and replace Dillard as the Eagles go in to try to win football games. You're, Dillard is going to demand time to develop. Yeah. This has been the truth of Dillard since day one. Yep. It has nothing to do with Dillard's 2019 season, which he was bad at right tackle, which he never played before and so on and so forth. 2019 NFL draft, Andre Dillard, first round pick. This guy is going to need time. We, I mean, that's exactly how we, we set it up with him. So we'd right. like the pick, but he's going to need time. It's a good situation for him in Philadelphia. Right. So, so now my thing is just I've got needs time, did not get consistent playing time last year. 
no training camp this year. Possibly. Thrown into the fire to start this year mm-hmm. with the dude he's replacing still on the roster. <laughs> it's just, he's, Dillard is not in a situation to turn out successful right now. Like, Dillard's either got to walk out there and be good week one, or there's going to be a ton of pressure on the Eagles to kick him. I mean, what does that say about Dillard, though, if he can't handle that pressure? If he can't handle that. It says I mean, about Dillard what we think to be true about Dillard, which is that he's right. not a super tough dude. Mm. Yeah, which, like, that's... I don't, I've spent, I've said two words to Andre Dillard in my entire life. But the point here being, film coming out indicated he's going to need time to grow. And he is not, he didn't show over year one that he was, like, taking super well to practice and growing in that way. Problems at right tackle, problems at left tackle. He was obviously better at left than he was at right. Yep. No training camp really hurts him. And now, Jason Peters back on the roster. And, and it's impossible for me to sit here and say to you, the Eagles signed Jason Peters completely ignorant of the fact of what this would comment about Andre Dillard, right? It's not like, oh, no, this means nothing about Andre Dillard. They'll say that. But when they sat down and they discussed the pros and cons of bringing in Peters, somebody said, you know, this kind of is going to put a little bit of pressure on Dillard. And they were fine with that. Now, is that like a development trick? Maybe. (laughs) Or is that just like a we don't really care trick? You know what I mean? Like we got to win football games. We got to have the best possible players. It's there's just there's there's multiple layers to it. And the the one that everybody keeps on saying like, oh, and the best news is insurance in case of Dillard being bad. Like, I don't even know if that's good that that, that that's there. I mean, like Dillard injury, good insurance. Dillard not playing super well. You got to go through that a little bit. Yeah. And we'll go through it some more when we come back here on the Kiss and Solak show as we react to Jason Peters coming back to Philly. That's coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back here on the Kissed and Solak Show, episode 187, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kissed here with Benjamin Solak, breaking down all the details and the nitty gritty of Jason Peters coming back to Philadelphia in a somewhat expected move, uh, but also a bit of a hype, uh, hyped up thing that, that was a bit of a letdown to some people, thanks to Baldy. I, I think one of the things that that's a, that's a positive of this is it does add depth via Peters, because with Pryor, you have a guy who can fill in at multiple spots if needed. When Brandon Brooks went down, obviously you look at the Eagles line and you're not so confident anymore in their ability to be a dominant unit as they have in the past. I think this is the, I think BLG actually wrote this up for bleedinggreennation.com. This is the most, uh, I guess, unknown with the Eagles offensive line that we've experienced in a while because this group together has been, you know, in different combinations, but still for the for the most part, pretty much intact. With a guy like Pryor, you can have him fill in at, at like four spots. Uh, you don't know necessarily what you have in Nate Herbig, Jake Driscoll, the undrafted free agent from this year, uh, Jordan Mailata. Driscoll was like a fifth-round pick. He was a fifth. Oh, I'm sorry. Fifth-round yeah, pick. Yeah, you said he was undrafted Herbig. free agent. I think it was fourth. Herbig was the uh, undrafted free agent. He was uh, last year. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then you've got Prince, uh, Opeta. You've got these other guys, but they have pretty much – no experience or very, very, very limited experience. So 
that's a good thing to add that depth. But at the same time, if you're looking at the starting unit, let's go like compared last year to this year, how much better, worse, same do you feel? How much confidence that you have this unit can number one, click in the run game, number two, protect Carson Wentz like they need to. Right. I think that that's the main thing. I think Zach Berman of The Athletic shared this, which was like the Eagles were fully aware of the fact that they played eight offensive linemen last year. And when you sit down and you look at this roster and say, all right, we're going to play eight offensive linemen this year, you go, okay, right. we're going to play Dillard Samalo, Kelsey Pryor, and Lane. And then your next three are Driscoll, Herbig, Opeta. Right, maybe, exactly. Maybe Mylotta. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So Peters gives you the ability to bring Pryor off the bench, which I think Pryor as your sixth guy off the bench, your guard spots. It sounds like Driscoll was the tackle above Pryor mm-hmm. already. Right. I don't know. So Driscoll's your first tackle off. Pryor's your first guard off. It's not the worst situation to be in. Eagles are still thinner at offensive line than they have been in the past. No doubt about that. But there are um, uh, six offensive linemen sets, which they really like when they run a pound the rock and go heavy right. and whatnot. That looks a lot better now. Man, 6-0 line, you can put Pryor at guard and put jp at tackle right yeah <laughs> yeah or <laughs> yeah. jp at tight end i mean yeah that's it I, I rock heavy with that you put a uh, prior lane peters on one side <laughs> of the formation you can move some people <laughs> oh, that's a lot of fun yeah so yeah i think six six now obviously like peters viewing him as, as being added to the top six is nice they're still not tremendously deep and the way that we've been used to them being tremendously deep but i will say like Here's an interesting way to, way to put this up against right now. We do this. Starting five for the Philadelphia Eagles is, as we talked about, Dillard, Samuel, Kelsey, Peters, Lane, and then the first off is is Pryor. Right. For the Cowboys, Tyron Smith, Connor Williams, Joe Looney, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins. First off is probably Connor McGovern. Hmm. Which offensive line do you like better? I like the Eagles offensive line better. I also still. like I mean- the Eagles offensive line better as well. If you had uh, Trevor, Travis Frederick into there, who just retired, then I think you start to lean Cowboys. But, I mean, this is still, to me, to your point, a solid unit. Yeah, I, so I, I think that Peters is enough of an expected upgrade over Pryor. Though, again, I am a little bit hesitant on that because, again, he has never played guard. Mm-hmm. That you would say that they're starting five plus Pryor coming off is better than what you've got coming out of Dallas. Um the way that Dallas is better is if Dillard is bad, which brings us back to the conversation we were having five minutes ago. <laughs> right. um, because obviously Dallas got their tackle spots pretty nicely locked up. So I do yeah, like that the goes back to the own now and about the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, basically, Eagles traded up for Dillard 22, and they got to make sure he's good. That was a very important pick, and it wasn't my favorite then. It's not my favorite now, and I really hope Dillard's good. Thank you. Yeah. And, and the success of the offensive line, obviously hinges more on the success at Dillard at a premium position at left tackle. And like you mentioned before, the calls for JP to move will be heavy if Dillard struggles. And I do expect some growing pains for Dillard. Now, it, it, how, how much stock do you take in something like the report? Like Brandon Brooks, the quote he said about Dillard, he said he didn't have that like soft baby college body anymore. One of the big things for Dillard was functional strength, was being able to, to anchor against bull rushes, it was something both me and you said he was going to struggle with, especially in his rookie year, might need an NFL offseason getting his body right to be able to handle that better. Do you put a lot of stock in that? Does that give you hope or are you just like, I have to, I, I got to see it before I even put any kind of stock into but, it? Yeah, it's just like this offseason, I can't tell you what's true. You know right. what I mean? Like, I just don't know. Yeah. Right. Like, like, oh, like there's more time for lifting. 
okay i guess like i don't yeah. know like it's it's impossible right like i don't even know like you know dealer could have been struggling with his health could have been struggling with a family member's health and we have no idea right you know what i mean so mm-hmm. this is a i'm not gonna i'm gonna sit and wait until i know when people return to camp what shape they're in and kind of hear from that because projecting right now to how prepared second year players are like like jay jaw is another great example like what do you expect from jay jaw this year god knows what i expect from jay jaw this year we're gonna wait until we get football players in a in a uh uh, uh facility yeah. doing things in person before i tell you you know like jj won the eagles like off-season workout award on offense and it's just like okay <laughs> like i don't even know what that means right now right so it's just like, and, like just is gonna... that like is that like a nice thing to like try to boost his confidence yeah. what went into that whole yeah. idea you did yeah. a good job arriving to the zoom meetings on time jj congratulations like ah, I don't he's know. got you beat there so well, he's got that going hey forward. all right thank you for listening kids until i show huh Go ahead, man. Wrap it up because I think that covers it as far as what we want to talk about with this. Of course, we'll have another BGN radio out this week as well. If anything new happens, we'll have you covered here at BGN. But we wanted to get this quick reaction show out to you as quick as possible so you could hear the takes and uh, consider all the different things with it. Hopefully, we did a we did an okay job with it. Ben, say goodbye to the gentle, gentle listeners. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kiss and Solak Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by, as Mike said. Jason Peters, one-year deal, three to six million in Philadelphia to play without guard, and we're happy to let you know about it, and then let you know why we're kind of worried about it, and then probably look stupid later. Because Jason Peters is a very good football player, and it is good that he has returned. Uh, if you like the show and you want to catch every off-season reaction as the Eagles continue to make moves, not make moves, bring people into camp, not bring people into camp, make sure you subscribe to the feed on whatever app you listen to your podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe to let us know how much you like the show. And if you have any questions you'd like to hear answered on the show, he's been Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist, that's K-I-S-T. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K. We'll catch you later. We all we got, we all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. B-G-N.